talking about the gift of leadership. And that gift is going to be found in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 13. I'm going to pray. Uh, Holy Spirit, we need you. You are the helper. You are the spirit of truth. You are the anointing that teaches. Um, You reveal Jesus to us. So I pray you would come and help. You would come and teach. Lord, I pray that um, the Bible says that when the spirit of truth comes, he'll reveal to you all things. So come and reveal. Spirit of truth, come and help. Teach us your ways, Lord. We don't want to just know words. We want to understand your way. We want to walk on your path, Lord. It is the straight and narrow path. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 13. Having then gifts, deferring according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. That Another word for that is serving. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liber- liberty. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fevered in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, and given to hospitality. So this word, when it says he who leads with diligence, that's found in Romans 12 again. Uh, This is the word. It is pro, and it's like a histeme, pro histeme. It means to put before, it means to set over, to rule, to engage, to have charge over, leads, manage, managers, manages, and to rule. That's the definition. It is a combination of the word pro, which means to place before. So it means to literally be Put in place uh, or to be in front of. And that histeme, which means to make stand, to place, to set up, to establish, or to appoint. So it's a combination of both words. Again, that definition is to put before, to set over, to rule, to engage, to have charge over. Leads, manage, manages, or managers. It's the combination of the word pro, which means to be to place before, in front of, and the word histeme, which means I make to stand, place, set up, establish, or appoint. My definition is those whom God has divinely prepared, graced, tested, and placed in charge over areas of his body. Again, my definition is that those whom God has divinely prepared, graced, tested, and placed in charge 
over areas of his body. You'll find this word used in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through, I think this is just verse 12 through 13. And it says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. That word over you in the Lord, that word over you is that word proesteme. And it means, uh, again, I want to read that again. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So Paul is saying in Thessalonians that there are those who are over us in the Lord. Uh, that they labor among us. They work among us and are over us and they admonish us. Listen, he says, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourself. So it's, it, it's super interesting that he says, be at peace among yourselves. And I believe there's other translations too that allude to as you esteem them highly, it's actually for the work's sake, which brings peace amongst yourselves. First Timothy chapter five, verse 17 says, let the elders who rule that word rule again is that word pro esteme. It's the same word for leadership. Let the elders who rule uh, well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in word and doctrine. So there are elders, again, we talked about this um, during the gift of ministration. There are those who administer, who rule, who steer ship, who lead. And then there's those who lead and teach the word. And it says, count worthy the, uh, the double honor, and especially those who labor in the word and in teaching and doctrine. Uh, we see Jesus, however, give us an example of these type of leaders in, in the standard within the body. Many people desire to be leaders. Many people feel that they have a call to be set over or set in place and that they are graced by God to have some type of oversight or oversee areas within his body or a body themselves. However, unfortunately, um, because we typically are visual type of people, God made us that way. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear what the Lord says, right? He created us that way. We Unfortunately, we look around at the world and the way the world leads, and we try to bring that into the body of Christ. But it is not so. Yes, do we honor, and yes, are there people who are set over and who are to be Admonished, who are be, to be obeyed in the Lord. Submission is a real thing. Submission to authority is a real thing. However, um, unfortunately, again, many people have come in and twisted their position and used it for gain and used it uh, and ruled and reigned, as the Bible says, as the Gentiles do, we're going to read in just a moment, and not done it from the kingdom heart. And because of that, many people have rejected uh, submission to authority, and they've rejected the idea of those who are set over them in the Lord. Um, let's, let's hear what Jesus says, though, because if Jesus is saying it, how many of you know it's right? There's not a single thing that Jesus ever said that was wrong. Not one dot, not one word, nothing. 
Everything he said was perfect doctrine. He is the perfect express image of the will of the Father. He is the perfect express image of interpretation of the Word. He is the Word made manifest and baptized in the Spirit. The letter alone kills and the, the Spirit brings life. And Jesus was the Word made flesh baptized in the Spirit. He is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? If the Spirit brings life along with the Word, and He's the Word made manifest, baptized in the Spirit, He's life. Yes. You know? Okay. He's so good. Jesus is everything we ever hoped for, everything we're looking for. And let me tell you, if you have a thought about God or an understanding about God that contradicts something that Jesus teaches or says about God, your idea about God is wrong. And it has to die and come under the submission of the expression that is Jesus. Mm -hmm. The Bible says he's the full expressed image of the Godhead, of the Father. Exact representation of his being. Exact representation. There's no error in the life of Christ. This is what he says in Luke chapter 22, verses 24 and 27. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is the greatest among you, let him be the least, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? It is not he who sits at the table, yet I am among you as one who serves. Another uh, portion of this, this um, retelling of, of this account is when Jesus says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Like, understand this. The highest authority in the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, came not to be served, but to serve. But I'm going to tell you, the fact that Jesus was here to serve did not take away the fact that when Jesus gave a direction as an authoritative leader, that it meant that we could just, oh, well, you know, I don't have to follow it. Absolutely not. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. A good leader doesn't have to convince you to follow them or to take their suggestions. However, you can have a misconstrued and twisted understanding of authority that can actually hinder you from receiving direction and correction. True leadership and true grace, this thing we're talking about right here, those who are set over you in the Lord, true that there is a grace that comes when you submit to their correction and direction. Whether, sometimes whether you agree with it or not. When it's done properly. Mm -hmm. When their heart is right. And they're not giving you correction and, and, and direction in order to, like you said right here. Those who are over them, are, they're called benefactors. So if a leader comes to you and gives you correction and direction in order to benefit themselves and not to benefit you. That's where error is involved. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, that's on that leader, not on you. And obviously, Paul just, this doesn't mean that when a, if a leader gives you 
a direction or correction and lead you into sin that you should follow them. Paul just got, we just got done reading in Ephesians 5 a minute ago where Paul's like, don't listen to those who do that. No matter what, don't listen to that. If they're leading you into darkness and they're leading you into bearing things other than the fruit of the spirit, then whoa, watch out. Like, don't follow that direction. Does that make sense? Kingdom leadership is servant leadership. The kingdom leader lays down his life for the flock. The Bible says that the good shepherd does not flee when the wolf comes, but the hireling flees. It's a very interesting language. You see, a hireling is there working for his own benefit. What do you mean? The hireling is getting paid wages. He's been hired. He's only there to do a job in order to get something. But the good shepherd is there for the sake of the sheep. The good shepherd is there to benefit the sheep. The good shepherd understands that he's not anointed and appointed to, to that he would benefit and be uh, highly blessed and favored in this life, brother, but that he is anointed and appointed or she is anointed and appointed in grace to benefit the sheep. That actually everything that you've been given is for others and not yourself. Eagerly desire the most helpful gifts. Lust after spiritual gifts, but the especially prophecy. Why? Because it benefits others. It is not about you. It is about others. And I'm telling you, there is a temptation it, when you are anointed and called of God. There is a temptation to feel like you have to arrive at some place where you're seen and you're known and you've got some kind of authority. And that is the wrong, absolute wrong heart. If you find yourself falling in that category of like, well, why haven't I been empowered? Well, why haven't I been used more in the church? Why have the, and you start having those questions. Those are not questions that are originating from God. Let me tell you, you will position and title will chase you down. It will chase you down. There's not a single thing you have to do except love him and walk on his path. I'm telling you, the highway of holiness and the narrow path will lead you into your destiny. Just by default. Just by default. Walking on the narrow path is the fastest way to fulfill all the things that God has placed inside of you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all things will be added unto you. We think, well, I got to get this right. I got to do that right. Well, I got to get my name out there. I got to make this known. I got to do this. I got to do that. I gotta do, I'm going to tell you where we're sitting right now and where I've come just from my own personal experience. And yet, guys, have just we're just a little drop in the, a very, 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 very big kingdom. Little itty bitty drop. Not the next big thing. Not this. Just a little, little bitty drop. And there's a very big kingdom. Okay? Very big kingdom. But whatever has been, has, that is here has been received, not, not earned. It has been given. Has been tried by fire and tested and then tried by fire again and tested and then given more. And then faithful with little, faithful with much. It, it's been, it's not been by any effort. Human effort availeth nothing. 
The Spirit gives life. Being led and walking this road with the Lord in just doing the things that you know to do. Being in the secret place with Jesus every single day. Abiding in Him and bearing fruit. Being active in a community. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves. I'm telling you right now, there are people's destinies that are being hindered because they won't just simply stay on the road. They keep taking exits off the path. And they, they think they can get there another way. But if you just stay on the road, stay on the straight and narrow path, stay in his face, you will be propelled like a rocket into whatever God has for you. I promise you. I promise you. You do not want to get there before God's time. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that one of the most prideful things you can do is think you're ready for leadership. Because you're not. I'm not ready. And I don't ever want to feel like I'm ready. There's days God has to convince me. And I'm like, are you sure? And it's only by faith that he positions. They're same with many of you. It, it, it literally moves by faith. You're, you have to get to the place where everything you do is by faith. It's like, Lord, I believe that you're able because I know that I am like, there's nothing in me that can do this. Yeah. If you find yourself in a place you feel like you can do it, I wonder if you're in the will of God. I mean, look at the Israelites being led into the wilderness. They were led into a place. God was literally attempting to, to lead them. We talked about it on Sunday. To lead them into a place of utter dependence upon him. Their only sustainability was by him. Their only bread was manna coming from heaven. He's the living water. He did. It's so interesting that God does not, when they're thirsty, God doesn't lead, lead, lead them to a body of water that's already existing. He strikes a rock and does it supernaturally. So even that thirst being quenched is done through his hand. It's the same with destiny and calling. It's the same with leadership. Not high and mighty, but low, man. Take of my yoke, learn of my ways. I am meek and lowly of heart. I'm telling you, one of, one of my most frequent prayers is, God, I pray you will never let me get too big for my bridges. Stay humble. Stay low. Here's, cause here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This will trip you up. This will mess you up. Okay? Because you can stay low for a season and, and stay on the road for a season and get promoted into a position and not stay low and not receive and, and then the grace that you had for that position is removed. Yeah. Where's that in the Bible? God gives grace to the humble, but he frustrates the proud. The, uh, another translation is that he wars against the proud. He sets himself up against the prideful. Do you understand that you can be walking on the road and, 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 and walking in the path of God and the favor of God comes and life comes and life flows and then you literally step into a place and step into destiny and you're there and you, you can become prideful and then literally 
um, by default, cut yourself off from the very grace you need and the grace that got you there in the first place and the grace you need to stay there. God gives grace to the humble. He made it that way. You can't do it without it. All you'll be doing is, is creating a machine and you'll become burnt out, frustrated. God's way is serving. God, God, my, like guys, like leaders called, if, you're, if you feel that on your life, like if you feel that on your life, wash feet, man. Sir, outserve people. Outserve everyone. That I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't share this with everybody, but we're family. One of my like legit, like when I go somewhere is to outserve everybody in the room. I'm telling you, it's my, like, it's my thing. Like I'm going to outserve everybody in the room. That's my job. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outserve you 90% of the time. Obviously we all get tired and things happen, but like, that's my desire. Like, I'm not going to let you put in more hours than me. Like, I'm not. Why? Because I know what he said and I understand his standard. The same you see of Jesus. The disciples are off sleeping and where is the Lord? He's still in prayer. He's still in prayer. And then up all night in prayer. Disciples are like, yo, Jesus, time to eat. I got food you know not of. My, my food is to do the will of the Father. They're like, yeah, we need to eat. Jesus is like, yeah, I need to wash this woman at the well's feet right now. I need to serve her. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. I say all that to say this because I, I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to back you off or... Or put you in the fear of the Lord if, if uh, or sorry, not the fear of the Lord, but the, uh, just in, in fear. I, don't, I want you to be in the fear of the Lord. <laughs> I don't want you to, to get in ungodly fear. Um, about if you feel, it's called, you should have reverence. You should have fear of the Lord for it, right? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the how-to of God. You'll never know how to be a leader or uh function within the body of Christ if you don't have the fear of the Lord. But what I don't want you to do is push you back if that's something you feel God's called you to is uh, leadership because the Bible is inviting really everyone into leadership in a sense. Obviously there's different lanes, different roles, different calling. He's appointed some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers. And guess what? You don't have to be a fivefold to be a leader. Just going to put that out there. Uh, they're very different. Um, you'll probably gl- lean more towards one or the other, and that gift will flow and manifest through you. Um, but listen to this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the pish- position of a bishop, uh, another translation in, in a more proper word here is overseer. Uh, he desires a good work. You can be an overseer over kids' ministry. You could be an overseer over, you know, it, 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 what it means here is someone who rules. We're just talking about a leader. Um, modern day terms for this are directors, um, managers, you know, um, pastor is a 
is a, is a term that's thrown around that is absolutely not the, the word pastor in the modern church has nothing to do with the, the um, grace gift anymore. That function. It, 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 you've got apostles that are called pastors, prophets that are called pastors. I mean, they call Benny Hinn pastor and he's definitely an evangelist, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just a, a term that's thrown around. And, and it really means it's more like an elder or a ruler of God's house, an overseer. Somebody who has, um, God has, again, divinely prepared, grace tested, and placed in charge over an area. But another term that's used is director, coordinator. Those are other terms, leadership terms that are used. It, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of an overseer, they, uh, I'm going to say man or woman, uh, he, they desire a good work. So it's like it's good that you desire that. Like it's okay. He's not saying don't desire it. However, an overseer must be blameless, husband or to, of one wife, temperate, sober-minded. So I want to add here, um, people say, what do you mean husband of one wife? Um, does that mean that somebody has been divorced, can't be an overseer? That, that's not what Paul's saying here. Paul's talking to a, um, a group of people, the Gentiles, who had multiple wives. Like, 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 you know, it wasn't monogamous relationships. Like polygamy was running rapid. And what would happen is when you would go into a culture where polygamy was normal and you would get saved. So, like, if I had multiple wives when I got saved, I wouldn't divorce and pick all, all but one. Like, that's not what you did. You lived saved with multiple wives, but then you taught the next generation, hey, that's not really the Lord's way. And it was permissible because as you get saved, you came to the Lord that way. Certainly God would not want you to write them off and get rid of them or, or go cast off those kids. It's not the way of the Lord. So if you were to go into a culture now in Asia or Africa or, or anywhere in the world where they are have polygamous and they get saved, you're not going to tell them, well, pick a wife and divorce the rest to come in line with the word of God. That's not what it's saying. So those who have had um, marriages that maybe a spouse was an unbeliever and they're they free that way or adultery was committed and they're free that way, that does not disqualify you from being a leader in the household. I do believe, however, that if you were married as a Christian and you divorced just for quote-unquote irreconcilable differences, we may have a problem there. And that may be something that needs to be addressed on a case-by-case basis. Because Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, only ever gives you two permissible reasons. Either adultery or they're an unbeliever and will not follow God. It's very clear there that you'd be free then. Um, something that's not of God. So there are those permissions. But, you know, um, even addiction and things like that. But we also know that, like, when people get addicted, like, it's super easy. They're falling into to, 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 uh, adultery often. You know, pornography is sexual morality. Pornography is adultery. Somebody watches porn, like that's, it's it, you know. It's right there, sexual morality. It's adultery. Even if you look upon someone, with it's adultery. So um, I want to make clear when it says the husband of one wife, what that means. It's basically Paul was saying to Timothy, who Paul had sent Timothy apostolically to assign overseers and leaders within that body of Christ. He was saying, hey, when you're doing this, if somebody wants to be a leader, they desire a good thing, but make sure they don't have multiple wives. You know, they need to be somebody who has one wife. Temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, 
hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, least being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let these also be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanders, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children uh, and their own houses well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So there's nothing wrong with desiring a leadership position within a church. I would just say, hey, check yourself. You know, this is the standard right here. You know, and unfortunately, there are literally people who get prophecy and prophetic words where it's like God's called you to do this and God's called you to do that and God's called you to do this, but they don't understand that rightly. Often they think because God's called you that he's automatically saying you're already ready to do that, but that's not what God's saying. God's giving you a prophecy to wage warfare during the testing and the trials until you fulfill and step into the promise. There's many people who are called leaders, but haven't yet met this qualifications that are offended that they're not leaders yet, and they blame other people. I don't have the keys to your promotion. Nobody, I'm telling you right now, I am not appointing leading. No, no way, no how, lest the Lord say. So it's like, as far as this community goes, somebody has a problem with like promotion, da, 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 take it up with the Lord. I don't know. I'm going to tell you. So I serve him. And it's actually serving people by not promoting them early. Because you could be put in a position and be utterly destroyed. Or you cause others to stumble, and then that's a whole other ballgame. Woe unto those that cause one of these little ones to stumble. Uh, it'd be better for them if they have a millstone put around their neck and cast into the sea. People that get promoted too early because there was a need that needed to be filled or, you know, it made sense or, well, they've been here, they have seniority, they have this, they have that, or they're really desiring that gift. So I'm going to be pressured by humanistic um, emotions and put them in that position. And, all of a sudden then they're in this position and pride puffs up and then they're, they are ruling and, and holding it in authority and lording it over people. I'm telling you, it, it gets ugly fast and it will hurt people and cause schisms and it's just it's better to just not do it. It destroys them or it destroys others. It's so yeah. true. It's so true. These things are... This is this this is Jesus serving us by giving us these requirements.
This leadership gift is, is, is given by God. You cannot obtain it yourself. You cannot develop it yourself. You can grow in the gift when it's been given. There are people who desire leadership positions because they think that it comes with pomp and they think that it comes with renown and they think it comes with honor and, and respect and recognition. And there's people that, you know, they, they, it makes you feel special and important and all this stuff. That's what they, that's the, really the reason they want to be a leader. And I'm often with those people, I'm also, often wondering, like, have you actually counted the cost? And are you actually graced for that? Um, I've actually known people that were convinced they were called to be leaders, but like couldn't get set free from many of the things that were listed in this thing. And it's like, and then, and then, and then feel like they have permission to live in those things and remain those sin. But it's like, bro or sis, like if God hasn't graced you to be free from them things, then why do you think God's graced you to be a leader? Because if he graced you to be a leader, you'd be free from that. God's not going to give you a standard and then not empower you to walk in it. The Lord chooses leaders. The Bible says distributing gifts to each one he chooses. And he appoints some, the Bible says. He sets in place. We do not choose. In this house, I do not choose. I've been appointed, sent by the Lord, obeying him. And part of that is hearing him and empowering others. I can't, can I tell you how many times I have eagerly desired to empower people and the Lord said, nope. But then, you know, you come off as like, well, why? Better obey the Lord than man. I don't know what to tell you. But God will grace. God will grace. God will empower. God will impart. And not all are graced, and that's okay. That's what we have to, I think, understand. That if you're not graced to be a leader, you don't want to be in that position anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't. I'm telling you right now, you don't want. To, I have watched people serve in places they were not graced to serve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am not graced to sing. Mm-hmm. You don't want me singing. The band's breaking up then. Oh no. No, we're rolling on. They're gonna have to suffer. Yeah, we, we have a band. It's called Bugs Joyful Noise. That's the name, Joyful Noise. But you know, yes, it's a three. Me, me here, Mister Box. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm not grace to lead worship. I'm not gonna attempt to do it. I'm just not gonna do it. Um, and that I'm okay with that. You know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a rock star so bad. I even went out and bought my electric guitar, and I did rock star lessons, and I tried to sing, and I tried to do, like, screamo, and, like, all this. I had the long purple hair. I had the Jinko jeans. Like, you know, all that. I tried to go I tried to go all in, you know. And it didn't work. <laughs> Paul's like, he can't see it. <laughs> I had the Jinko jeans, too. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have been boys. I had them too. They were hand-me-downs for my brother. Like yeah. I had a bowl cut and Jinko jeans. A bowl cut and Jinko jeans. <laughs> he had long hair, wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, we got to see pictures. Wow. You serve, God promotes. You serve, 
God promotes. You seek the kingdom and seek the king and serve. And God will, I'm telling you right now, you, you don't have to do anything but serve. I love what David says. He's like, I would rather hold, basically hold the door open in the house of the Lord. Come on now. You know? Amen. Like anything. Just serve. Yeah. Wherever you see a need, serve. Yes. We shouldn't have to have designated greeters. Mm-hmm. We should have a whole house full of greeters. Yeah. Yeah. Just serve. If they haven't been greeted, guess whose job it is to greet them? Yours. <laughs> You know, somebody needs a chair. Guess whose job it is to go get that chair. You know, just serve like. Yeah. I'm going to pray. And then uh, we're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for God to raise up leaders. We're going to pray for God to. Um. Allow us to walk in the light. Convict us to walk in the light. And to, uh, yeah, and, and, and to root out all offense. And I pray that the hounds of heaven would be loosed on people that have offense. And they would be forced to go to one another and deal with it. So right now, I pray for leadership gifts to be released right now. And part them, Lord, that as you will, they would be done. And they would be deposited in, in anyone listening, God, that that desires to be a leader in your body. I pray, like you know every heart, God, I pray that the grace to meet the standard of First Timothy chapter 3 would be imparted along with it. And that things would just simply start falling off in our lives, God. Me first. Just e- even more, God, just want to get tunnel vision to your face, Lord tunnel vision for your face God I pray and and just that we would go low humble ourselves not thinking too highly of ourselves but esteeming one another better than ourselves God as your word says let that be the grace that comes Lord servanthood in Jesus mighty name I pray Mm -hmm.